You want to know what the difference between you and me is? What? We could start at the penis. Or we could just scream, I don't give a fuck, and see who means it. it- it's Mormon in the method. <laughs> If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron, Woodall, and just a read our fence. Listen to them talking to Mike. Mormon and the meth head, Mormon and the meth head, Mormon and the meth I don't, my, my issues, I get it, but I don't consider Todd Ethan's family. How do you think Ethan feels? I don't know. I think, I, I think Ethan loves Todd. I think, uh... Um, I think Ethan likes him. I think Ethan, uh, I think Ethan loves him and likes him, but I don't, uh, it's, that's hard for me. I don't, uh, everybody says that I'm not being replaced. Everyone says I'm not being replaced, but that's how am I, how am I not being replaced? She replaced me. She replaced me immediately. And he's, he, uh, Ethan moved into a new, like he used to have a a home with us. And now uh, he's got one bedroom in an apartment uh, that he shares with me. You know, that's all I afford is this one bedroom with just me. Uh, and, And then he lives in a big house with his mom and his new dad and his new brother. Uh... How have I not? Tell me how I've not been replaced. This and now and now we're talking. Now I have to. Uh, I already don't see him, and I live, and now I'm gonna go spend all my time in Los Angeles, and just I know uh, that everything's not forever, you know, and that life's a long time, and this is gonna be a phase. But I don't have much security. I feel like I know that I have to go to L.A. and work for a long time. Like we're in this phase where like the next point of my career, if I want to get a better life for my son, I got to go to work. And I the reality that what I cannot change is I cannot bring him with me. I always thought that I would be bringing him with me uh, and my wife. Right. Like uh, that's not happening. I can't change that. I'm going by myself and it's going to mean a lot of time without him. And I feel like if I step out of the picture, I will be forgotten. I feel like if I'm not there all the time, Ethan, like I said before, Ethan, I don't think gives a shit. I think Ethan cares about himself because he's a kid and he sees what's in front of him. And when what's in front of him is his world. And I feel like his whole world is going to become that house and that, that, that family where he's got a whole actual family you know he's got a he's got a brother and a puppy dog uh and his own bedroom and like he's got he's got all this stuff that he loves 
and there he's got a mom and dad who he gets to see do the mom and dad stuff that he used to ask me about. Like when are you and you know, like he used to miss me and his mom being together, but I don't think he does as much anymore because he's got a new dad. He's got uh he's he I, I, I feel like if I leave uh, then I, I'm going to come back to net. Like every time I come back, it's going to be, um, uh, more foreign and, and more less like a dad and more like a stranger. I never wanted to be Disneyland dad. I didn't want to be, uh, they got like, go, you know, go visit your dad and go to the beach. So like, that does sound fun. I do like the idea of him coming to visit me in LA and like us having fun and stuff, but that's not what I wanted to be. I, I wanted to be there every night and help him with his homework. And I wanted to read him bedtime stories and I wanted to punish him and discipline him and teach him and all that shit. And Todd's getting to do that. Todd's getting to lead the life that I wanted. And it's hard not to feel like he took it from me. I feel like he, it, it was, or maybe she took it from me and then he stepped into it. But like, that's what I wanted. And now every time, the more time I spend away and come back, the, the more like a stranger I'll be, I'm just going to be a weekend dad. I'm going to be the dad that he, he sees and has fun with. And then the next thing I know, he's going to be older, like you said, and he's just going to spend the weekend talking about how he wished he was hanging out with his friend Knox, who has a cool Black Panther toy, you know, like he just he's he's going to be less and less interested in spending time with me. It's not gonna I would rather I would rather do that consistently every single day. I would love to be there for the times where he hates me. You know, like I want to be there for, uh, uh, it doesn't sound fun. Everyone would make me feel like I, I've hit the jackpot where I'm going to get to live a fun life in Los Angeles. And then, uh, when I see my son, it's all fun, uh, stuff, but like, um, I want to be there for bad days. I want to be there for days where he, where I'm sick and frustrated with him. And I want to be there for days where he doesn't want to hang out with me. And I want to be there for days when he's got, uh, you know, a play at school or, uh, I just, I just, I want, I want all those things. And I feel like I have, I don't know. I, I, I feel like my family is slipping away and I, it was hard enough to put Tabitha in the, uh, in the category of things that I can't change. And it was hard enough to say, okay, I can't change that. I'll let her go. And I can't do that with Ethan. I can't put him in that same category where I'm just detached where I'm just not where I could just say, uh, you know what? I don't have control over this. Uh, I'll, I'll take what life gives me and be happy about it because I'm not happy about it. I'm not, I don't want, uh, to give up anymore. I want, I just want to have it. I just. So you can't change that. You can't have them a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Your best. Sorry, I'm trying. To, I'll try not to make eye contact with you. No. Longer. <laughs> <laughs> I just, so just like, 
just hard crying while never breaking <laughs> eye contact with you. Just, just, just staring at you the whole time while you cry. Um, uh, I believe that your best options for staying connected to him and not feeling like that family is something separate than you. I feel like there were efforts made on Todd's part. I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of Todd, but if you look at Todd as family rather than the person who stole your family, you have... Let's list the efforts that Todd made. Todd made the effort... (laughs) To not give a shit about what Ethan's father wanted for Ethan. Hold on. You said Ethan's that it sounds jealous. Jeal- Ethan's jealous okay. father. Who who cares? Who cares if that guy if that guy over there is being jealous and being insane? What he's saying is true. How can you not see that? How how do you how do you adults not come to the same exact conclusion as that jealous man? Like come at it from if you if you guys are also being rational people and it's just that guy in the corner who's ranting and raving mad, then don't then don't bring him into the the decision making process. Sure, he's a jealous crazy person. Now it's just you two. How do you two not protect Ethan then? What's your use that's that's the fucking argument? nuts to okay. me. That you guys need to, uh, you guys can't possibly spend a day apart from each other. You can't. It ha- You have to spend your Ethan time with Todd. Really, I don't. I don't. I. I. I cannot grasp that. I cannot grasp that. If I. If I. Like I've. I. I have liked other people. None of them. Com- compare uh to my son at all i have a day with my son i'm spending with my son and everyone else can get fucked you want to like if i had a girlfriend that was like oh but i can't uh can't i just come over and hang out i'd be like no get no you can't because i'm spending today with my son it's not about uh us and i think maybe it just hurts most people that i that I that she loves someone that much. I feel like there that there maybe I'll love someone one day as much as I love Ethan. Like that it'll be close to that that I want them to meet. And maybe I'm just mad that she already did it and that she's uh that like she's already you know found someone that she loved as much as she loved me, if not more. That that's a really threatening thought for me. But still, just Todd. I I just. I guess I mean I guess I can't do your mental exercise because I don't think when you're like but if you think of Todd as family and I'm like well I don't <laughs> uh, I it's very difficult if he was family okay. yeah I guess that changes some of the ways just, that that he that he uh, he did try he tried to to I can I can in I can interpret the things he did as trying to reach out. But he was also a scared little bitch who wouldn't meet me face to face on his by himself because he's a scared little fucking little bitch who's like, okay, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder you if you oh, come meet me alone does that sound at this outside at this. of the. Uh, you are no. How yeah, big is Todd? Uh, I he's he was taller than I wanted him to be. I was hoping he would be a lot smaller than me. He's skinny, but he's not. He's not. Sh- he's not as tall as me, but he was taller than I wanted him to be. And he's just he's. Uh, handsome and 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 like 
plays a guitar and uh, he used to okay. He used to have white dreadlocks. Okay, Todd is white. Okay, never mind. And he All used to have table. dreadlocks. Every everyone should know that. But but if you think if you think I'm gonna murder you alone, if you meet me alone, I'm gonna murder you. What the fuck does does meeting me with Tabitha? Do you think? Because that was the thing. I was like, I want to meet. I would like to meet Tan. Uh, and then it just seemed like they were coming up with any excuse for me not to meet him. And so I was like, I want to meet him. And she was like, okay, but I have to be there. And I was like, no, I don't want you to be there. It's already going to be hard enough to meet Todd. I I don't want to have to like see your face as well as his. It would be a lot. I just And they were like, well, he doesn't feel comfortable meeting you alone. And I was like, if you... No. Oh. If you, you I, I bet you anything that's not true. I I didn't th- I thought it was all bullshit. There was a, but there were so many reasons why I I'll couldn't bet you meet anything him. she didn't feel comfortable with you two meeting alone. That I uh, that thought has crossed my mind, but there was it was always something. There was a, some reason why I wasn't allowed to meet him. Uh until I didn't until I didn't want to meet him and then it was like, well, d- well you should meet him. And I was like, well, I'm done. I don't want to. Uh but yeah, I just thought I could kill both of you. Why wouldn't I just? Why wouldn't I just murder both of you? Right. Then? So maybe that's not what it was. Okay. Maybe the content of the conversation between her ex and her current made her a little bit uncomfortable. So this part sucks. I'm sorry, but I have to say it. When you're freshly in love, it feels like this is a magical force that's going to last forever, and we should adjust our entire life around this right now. That is most people's reaction to initially falling in love. So while you are uh, talking like you were the irrational one in that, people are not rational when they freshly fall in love. They feel like, and it's something that they are only experiencing and no one else gets it. So to them, it's like, I'm not picking this dude I'm fucking over my son this is all of this has to be a part of this big magical thing that's happening right now that's the place that they were at while you were having this very dark experience those two experiences clashing up against each other had to be very difficult for everyone and i don't think anybody was able to put themselves into each other's shoes during that time i think his efforts to reach out to you via email in what probably felt like the best way to keep things diffused, the most distant way to not uh, trigger you, and a way to reach out a hand and say, hey, I know you're concerned about Ethan. I wanted to let you know. Not saying what it was a great douchey. guy I am. That's and what that his I email was. I have a kid, and I know I'm cool. I'm not, uh, d- because some of the arguments that you made here today about how Ethan was spiraling and stuff. I don't know how much of that was getting was getting communicated in all of these emotions on both sides through all of the pain and the love and the every the disconnect. Who knows how much of that was getting through? I don't think this was two people sitting down saying, "Well, wait a second. Let's put those facts down on the table." I think you are there's way too much going on. I I understand you probably said it. But we had a conversation about I mean, like, I, I didn't want to tell her because I thought it would hurt her. 
and I finally got like when we were fighting about him about uh, Todd spending the night. I finally was like, "Listen, I don't. I'm not trying to do this to piss you off. I'm not trying to do this to hurt you. I just feel like you need to know, Ethan." will not stop talking about how much he hates your house. He hates it. He says, I hate going to mommy's house. I don't like it there. He said, they don't like me there. He said, uh, they, uh, I want to stay with you. I don't like being at mommy's house. Uh, they don't like me there. Like he said, stuff like that all the time to me during this, this period, this was a year ago. And she said, yeah, I know. He says the same things to me. And I was like, Oh, he says the same. He says that he tells you about how he hates daddy's house. Like, that makes sense. I guess, like, he's just, you know, he wants us to feel loved. So he's telling us how much he hates. And she was like, no. He tells me how much he hates my house and how much he wants to be at your house. And I'm like, and you don't think that has anything to do with the, your actions? You don't think that, that Todd is in any way connected to the reason why he sleeps through the night at my house and why he gets up in the middle of the night and tries to get in bed with you and why he's like it, it, becoming more infantile around you? Like, you don't think that has anything to do? I, I agree that everyone was dealing with their own shit, but I feel like in, in the midst of me dealing with my own shit, I was the one who was trying so fucking hard to get through to them. To get them to see. And I just came off looking crazier. When you have a dog in the fight, people automatically dismiss whatever you say. Like sometimes I have to acknowledge, uh, or a lot of times if I have a dog in the fight, I can't even tell somebody something that I would tell them very, like I, uh, stuff with you. I stopped saying stuff to you during the phase where I was feeling attached to you because I had a dog in the fight. So I was like, I can't. I like I yeah, I can't push you in this situation because it's gonna just sound like uh, because I have I will benefit. So you're telling someone who's in love that the fact that they're in love is hurting their son. If you think she doesn't know that, uh, of course she knows that, but she can't. She's not gonna make the decision that involves cutting out the person she's in love with. And you are a very rare exception to this. You're the only person I know who if you did fall in love and uh, you would cut yourself off from that love if you thought it wasn't in Ethan's best interest. Absolutely. Nobody else would do that. Then you're all... then Everyone else would feel like this is just something that kids have to accept. And uh, it is shielding your kid from every pain and discomfort is how they end up getting their world fucking rocked by their first loss at 30 years old. <laughs> Not that you were shielded from pain and discomfort, but uh, I was, I couldn't, were, I couldn't handle any of it. So, so my brain shut it, it down. Yeah. <laughs> my brain was like, oh, Aaron's a delicate little flower. We cannot disturb this uh, ecosystem. Life happens and it, people move and things change and it's a reality of life. And I think that parents that hide those facts and those realities from their kids are setting their kids up for a life of depression and anxiety when adult life doesn't look anything like what you told them life was. Let them take their lumps, 
teach them how to process their lumps if you want to give them a good adulthood. Yeah, it's I, gonna think, be dis- I think that's, I think that's true. I, think I don't that, think that's why she's doing no, it. I think that's true. I feel like, yeah, there. if you're, I think kids, yes, objectively, yeah, like they should be exposed uh, to loss and pain and discomfort. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't shield them from that unless their dad cries in front of them then you should take your kid away from that father uh, immediately because they're not safe around him. How long after you continuously pointing out that she had done something not in Ethan's best interest did did this narrative of protecting him from you start? Like a month? Like if we, like, well, more than that. So, I mean, but it just, it came to a head a month prior. Come February is when all this shit that Ethan's been saying is to me like we have to like and this is when I really start to get upset about it because I'm like this is everything I said would happen is happening and you said it wouldn't happen and now it's happening and you're still just like saying like this the, you know you're the guy in the house on fire that's like this is fine everything is fine I'm like what the fuck I'm loose I'm I'm getting upset and uh, that's when like it was like a I went to Italy and stuff and I feel like this is when I started that month was when I was behaving pretty unhealthily because like of of Todd that situation was driving me nuts and you know all the jealousy and loss and pain wrapped into then stuff with my protectiveness of Ethan yeah uh, I think and then it so then it was uh uh like a month after that that then she said that's yeah you're done yeah so you're confronting her about stuff that she's doing wrong she doesn't sound like the most self-aware person i don't think she spends a lot of time like what am i doing here uh so because you're confronting her about stuff she's doing wrong that she probably already in the background feels guilty about but you don't have a dynamic where she can say yeah i feel like this is because i'm trying to put myself in this situation here if uh, Jason is in a relationship and we are working together to integrate that person into the girls' lives. And that's something that we are talking about, supporting the kids through that together. Uh, that's uh, like, we don't have a bunch of baggage in the dynamic, so we're able to do that. Um, but if our our dynamic was messed up and we're we're navigating all of this pain and loss between each other and then... Jason has to integrate this person into their lives without my support and without my help. And then I'm, I'm confronting him about it. It's going to be hard no matter what I'm confronting him about it. Then that puts him on the defense. He feels like he has to justify his position, right? Which is just pushing him further into self-deception. And then it's making him look at everything I do. And I could see how this could easily turn into in the middle of all of these things. Oh yeah, I'm the one messing Ethan up. You're the one crying all the time. You're the one that's suicidal. Well, I'm not, maybe I should protect him from you. And I could see how this could easily turn into the new narrative that's more comfortable. No, Ethan's not fucked up at my house because of what I'm doing. He's fucked up because you're oozing onto him 
him with your with your shit and then then she's talking to people about it who are all supporting that's the other thing you always have to consider when you're having conflicts with someone how many people is that person talking to where are they writing a narrative and if the person's very self-deceptive not very tuned in not constantly putting themselves back in check and looking at their own position real easy for that narrative in all those emotions to turn into uh, completely forgetting what the real situation is here and just being like, yeah, yeah, I need to protect. Ethan's acting crazy because of him. Ethan's acting uncomfortable because of his shit. I need to protect him from his shit. And I'm sure that's just an echo chamber of people who who have long thought you should have gotten over the divorce. And yeah. people who think this is just 100% about Aaron's jealousy of just specifically Tabitha and people aren't realizing how much, although you did love Tabitha or in love with Tabitha, uh, how much Tabitha's leaving represents Ethan leaving and how much the loss of your family means the loss of the role that you get to play in Ethan's life and how this gigantic spiral of people in pain and just unable to stop and disconnect a little bit and put themselves in each other's shoes, I can absolutely see how her defensiveness of a situation that wasn't going to change. She had accepted that she was keeping Todd in the situation, probably didn't accept. I think I came from a divorced family. Uh, my ex-husband came from a divorced family. I've already even done a divorce. So... And the, the marriage, the divorce itself was so amicable that like they're, they're just things that we knew because we came from divorced families. So we know that the introduction of new love is difficult on the child. And we know how the reaction is going to be because we were those children. So we're able to just do these in a way because we've had this life experience you two had never had this life experience. This is all also tied into leaving Mormonism. And she took the, I want to go spread my wings and try all these things. And you took this very Aaron-esque, cautious, cautious. <laughs> thing. Just so many things bumping up against. And nobody wants to be the first one to say, <sighs> fuck that was hard that was hard that was so many things at once let's wipe the slate clean here's where we are today you have a new family therefore my son has a new family and I feel threatened by that being his one family why don't me we make this one big family that we're all a part of. One big team, one big group of people that love Ethan and work together. And it's not me losing Ethan. It's just he's gained a bigger family that isn't what I had in mind, but I've already accepted I don't get what I want. I've, that family already exists. 
So it can either be this scary thing far away that you uh, only have to imagine and feel pain when you think of, or it can be something that you're a part of because I think these are people that would be open to that. I think a lot of time you wish that she didn't see you as this crazy person that you were during that time. But I don't know that she knows how much you've grown because I don't know how much she thinks the calmness that she experiences with you now. I think she thinks that's a result of the boundaries that she set. And I mean, maybe she's right. Maybe she's right. But you have grown. So I've much. definitely grown, but maybe it's I grew because she forced me to grow. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, I but, think she might not know the behind closed doors. But yeah, doors. just because be, we, her and I both reached a point, or I think she reached before me, where, I don't know. Just the, in order for us to get through, it was time to stop talking. And I stopped talking to her. We only talked business stuff. I mean, we used to have so many more frequent conversations because I needed that. Yeah. Uh, that was all about feelings. And they were all probably very crazy. She <laughs> and did now, that with you a lot longer than most people do when they split up, by the way. Yeah, well. well I, we should definitely I'd get her a card. We'll get her a card. <laughs> we'll get her a card that said, uh, thanks. Here is, here is if, if I could possess your body... But I have changed. I have changed, but I don't talk to her anymore. So right. she has no idea. So there's a, there's, and that needed to happen for a while. Yeah. Everybody needed to go to their own corners and kind of regroup. If I could take over your body, for the next couple of months before you move to LA, sometimes I wish I could just do that. Just let me step into your life and fix this. <laughs> uh, I would ask to get together with her and Todd, and expect her to have a reaction that is defensive when I ask that. And I would say, I think that Todd's a part of Ethan's family. And I think that I've healed to the point where I've accepted that. And I would like to give Ethan a more comfortable family dynamic uh, with all of us working together. Todd's a part of your life. He's important to you. He's potentially up. I would say potentially to her. I'm saying potentially to you. He's a permanent part of your life. He's someone that you love. You're Ethan's mother. And I care about you. And I think we should all work together. I know that the Todd attempted this at one point and I just wasn't ready. I was processing a loss and I'm done with that now. And I would like us to get together and talk about how we uh, can all work together as the adult parental units in Ethan's life. And I know you hate all of that, but that in it of itself would show uh, so much growth. She feels like she has to, she, she knows how you feel about him and um, that you don't consider her, him what she considers him. That automatically puts you guys at odds. That automatically puts her in a place where she can't let disarm herself because you don't respect something that's very important to her and that she believes to be also as an extension very important to Ethan. 
So you automatically are creating a dynamic there. I think uh, you might not be ready for this conversation yet, but I think I, if I you had out of time, huh? Yeah. I don't. I think I'm out of time. Yeah. It's just like I, yeah. If now, when we first right after Big Sky, he tried to send you a text that was like, "Hey, we're coming to bring Ethan, whatever." You were a dick to him. It was funny, and I learned. I had already learned maybe that like you just need to just need to let. It sucks though because I always want to play devil's advocate, but I learned early with you that you don't want that. So then I'll I'm jump all, on the I bandwagon. Already, yeah, yeah. I'll jump on the bandwagon with you, but then two days later you forgive the person. You're like, nah, nah I just was looking at it wrong, and then I feel like a dick because it's like I wanted to say that two days ago. Well, I think I feel like in just every situation, anytime someone wants to play devil's advocate with me, I'm like, you don't know me at all. I I spend so much of my time playing devil's advocate myself. You are very introspective. I, don't I need think that. about everyone's point of view. I do it a lot. What I'm doing right now is venting. Yeah. I, before this, I already thought about everything you just said. Yeah. After this, I was going, I was already planning to go think about everything you just said. Yeah. Uh, I decided in between that it would be helpful for me to just vent my frustration about it. And then I always have some jackass being like, well, actually, if you considered it from her perspective, every day of my life, yeah. I have <laughs> shut up. So, uh, in uh, there have been attempts from their camp to try to make this a bigger thing. I see efforts being made from her. I think that if you talk to her about the kind of co-parenting life that I have, I think she would love that. And I think she did in her ideal world, you would have immediately detached the way that she detached and you guys would have continued to be uh, homies. You tell me about some of the conversations that you guys had after you split. And it seemed like that's what she wanted. You weren't done. And we did, Jason and I had to take a little bit of a minute like this because mm -hmm. I detach very fast. I process things very fast. And then uh, it seems very cold to the person on the receiving end. Uh, what you don't know is that it's not easy, but it's fast for me. It's I, I ripped the Band-Aid off pretty fast. When I just get to a point where I'm like, this isn't what's in everyone's best. Just uh, And then once I've done that, that's it. And it seems very cold and I just want to be, everything's fine now. And the, uh, Jason needed a minute and Jason had to say a couple of times, like that, uh, that detachment thing you do is, uh, wow. Um, so I didn't have years in, a, I can't, I couldn't, if I got to a point in a marriage where I don't want to be in it, like I'm out, I'm not two years. Uh, you also, that's just time to build up resentment. I didn't want to start having negative feelings about him. That's what I would have done if I hung out for two years, hating the way he chews and uh, just, and I, I, I felt like Jason was doing the same thing in the marriage where Jason was kind of done. And I was like, don't you notice that all my Jessa-isms drive you nuts now? Haven't you noticed that like, you don't seem to like me that much, but most people stay in marriages that long. So she probably had done that. So she had, anyway, I think that she wanted a, closer co-parenting relationship with you and you guys had to separate for a bit I think she would love to have a closer co-parenting relationship with you that's going to involve Todd because she's parenting with Todd 
He's not Ethan's dad. He'll never be Ethan's dad. Ethan just is incapable. It's the same thing with my dad and my stepdad. I loved my stepdad. He just wasn't my dad, though. And it, uh, they just weren't the same thing. But he played the parental role when I was in that house. And my step-parents were very good about not overstepping their bounds when the other parent was available. So I'm your mom in this house. When your mom shows up, I'm back. I step back. I don't, uh, this is something my sister went through when uh, her husband got a girlfriend who immediately was way too involved with my sister's kid. But when they would all be together at something, because my sister shares the same philosophies, that we're all one big family, so my sister's trying to be chill, and this chick, when uh, my niece fell down, this chick jumped in. Bitch, his mother is, her mother is right here. Back the fuck up. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Know your role. Like, this is a sensitive thing where everyone's trying to be family here. Don't parent my child in front of my face parent like a stepchild but if i'm here or a step parent so there are nuances to it i'm not saying you just have to choke down ethan calling dude dad in front of you hopefully this dude knows when you're all together lay back man lay back his actual father's here and uh you know yeah i don't think i'm ready for co-parenting yeah conversation right because uh my in my ideal world he lays back all the time yeah <laughs> i'm like uh, i don't i can't stand the thought of him parent like just you telling that story makes me think about like oh wait a minute does he parent ethan when i'm not around mm-hmm. uh uh no he did it you're not allowed to do that i want you to never say anything to my child yeah. you you uh you are fucking his mom that's it that's it and if he asks you a question, uh, you say, uh, well, I am just fucking your mom. Uh, <laughs> and you should probably ask your dad. Uh, so, you know, yeah. like I just like he told me one time uh, that uh, Todd got mad at him for being sad. Is how Ethan says it. It's not what really happened. You know, like there's a whole story or whatever. Yeah. But he's just like Todd tells me Todd says. I Todd says I shouldn't do that. Todd says, and I'm like, why, why did you tell my son anything? Yeah. Why, why are you talking to him uh, about managing feelings and stuff? Uh, no one does that, but him and uh, but but me and his mom. That's it. What are you here for? There's just you're you're unnecessary. You're superfluous. You don't serve a purpose here. You don't, he has a family, it's me and her, and you fuck her, and you're not a part of his family. That's, uh, there's no, there's no need for you, man. That's like, that's, that's yeah, that's, that's you ex- how, not that's accepting. That's how I feel. That's, yeah. how, uh, that's not, that's you not accepting a very real reality, which is, this is her partner. This is, uh, likely at some point in the future going to be her husband and potentially the father of her future children. Ethan's siblings and you refusing to accept that very real and probably not too far in the distant future reality doesn't serve Ethan. It doesn't create a reality that makes you more happy. 
and it just keeps you alienated from something that you feel threatened by when you could just accept those things, which would be easier for you to accept had you been a child of divorce because you would have had a more realistic view of this going into it. You would have just understand how this works. But by not accepting that, you are not making it easier for anyone and you are stopping yourself from getting what you want. That's all. That's my point here is it's not in your best interest to feel this way. He is his step stepdad and he will tell him things. Now, the nuances of this kind of stuff is uh, telling, I don't like people telling my kid, like I have, fortunately, Jason and I still are very much on the same page and Jason's girlfriend is, we're all like cut from the same cloth a little bit. So, but if in a situation where he did have a girlfriend that told my kids something that I don't resonate with, I've already taught my kids, look, reality is not a set in stone thing. People, different people see things differently. A lot of people will tell you not to have emotions. A lot of those people, they're not in touch with their emotions. That's, but that's how they see the world. It's not reality, whatever. There are ways around that sort of thing. Um, if you go to LA and you haven't found a way to create a better co-parenting environment for yourself, I do believe that it could potentially get a lot more difficult and that she probably, you are forcing her to feel like it's one or the other. You have the opportunity. You have the option to not make it that way. And therefore, less tempting for her to f push you out. You could make it easier for everybody by just accepting something that is the truth, whether you like it or not. You are not changing anything by not accepting it. This episode has to end at some point, so... Uh, this episode will end when I goddamn feel <laughs> like it. There's not many things that I get to control. All everything in this world is in the category <laughs> of things I can't control, and I'm going to seize control of the things that I can. All right, and God grant me the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> Sit down. I'm trying to turn. I. I just miss my family is all, man. And I just, I everything you say is right. I get it. But it's, I just am mourning the loss. I don't get what I want. And so I'm just going to cry about it for a little bit. I feel justified because it's a, it seems like a pretty important thing. Uh, but uh, it's just contributing to you not getting just, more of what you want, though. But why did she? It just, it's, she got everything she wanted. She got, she gets everything she wants and I have to accept the reality and then make it into what I want. Like she didn't have to do any of that. She got the exact life that she wanted to get. And now I have to make all these tough sacrifices and tough choices. And, and, uh, if I show any bit of emotion during that, I'm crazy and unstable and perhaps even an unfit parent. And, uh, okay. So. I just, I just, I just love Ethan a lot and, am probably way too attached. And 
uh, will work on letting go and being I uh, I think you're right when you say it doesn't serve Ethan I think it doesn't serve Ethan I I have been afraid to legitimize Todd I don't want to I don't want to meet him because that if I acknowledge that he exists that I legitimize him yeah uh as a as a as a step parent yeah I and I and I consider him illegitimate and so I don't want to shake his hand I don't want to be nice to him in front of Ethan I don't want to plan birthday parties and stuff I don't want to consider his opinion because uh in my mind he doesn't have one because he doesn't exist right and I still think that sucks and I don't want to do it. But regardless of how I treat it, he still gets to be in Ethan's life and Ethan still gets to love him and it would probably make Ethan happy if he saw us together. I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to hang out with Todd the way your dads hung out and, and hit the town together. Uh, and I don't think we're going to ever be like that, but I can see how that would make Ethan happy if I did it. Yeah. Ask me, tell me this, close your eyes and imagine going to LA the way things are right now and imagine Todd spending time with Ethan and as this uh, Todd being a person who doesn't know you at all, doesn't care about you at all, has never connected to you on any level, only knows you as a person that hates him and doesn't see him as a legitimate part of your son's life, even though he loves your son and this disconnect between the two of you, imagine him hanging out with your son, touching your son, uh, playing with your son. How does that make you feel? Versus Todd, you're in LA. Todd, someone who you have cleared the air with, who you reached across the aisle and apologized for your part in a big nuanced, very emotional time in your life where everyone was just doing the best they could with the tools they had. And you go and apologize for your part in that very difficult time. And you tell him, I see you as a legitimate part of my son's life and my son cares about you. Therefore, I care about you, and you are my family now, and I want us to work together. And imagine what that does to melt the ice off of him, and imagine what that does. Now that person's with your kid, and he actually gives a shit about you and your needs and how you feel. Doesn't that feel better to know that that's where your son is? Honestly, when you're in LA? You, the first situation sounded really awful. And I didn't like it. 
and then somehow then you like explain the second choice and somehow that sounded worse <laughs> i was like i have to the- say sorry oh, 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 oh and you know i uh but i i know what you mean i just uh i want my kid i don't to know how someone- we're supposed to clear the air without uh you only talking about your role and apologizing for your role and you go in there with no expectation of them to do the same i would so much rather just say no one apologize i don't like uh, i can go in with no expectation of them to apologize but the fact like that i would apologize you don't uh, have to be like look look here's the deal i wasn't ready i wasn't ready i could say that it was such an emotional time. You two were falling in love at a time where I was losing something very important to me. And it just, those two things were, couldn't coexist. And I'm sorry if I pissed in your Cheerios. Uh, I would like to today leave all of the wreckage of the past in the past. Never revisit it. It was painful. It was horrible. Every time I think about it, it just causes more pain. Let's just leave it in the past. Here we are today. You are a family in uh, my son's life, and I would like this just to be one big family for Ethan. If you told Todd... I could say half of that. If you told Todd that he is your family because he is Ethan's family, which is the facts. Those are the facts. The people's refusal to accept you had a kid with someone you have now gone and built more family. You are, by extension, family connected to this child. It is in everyone's best interest if you look at this person as family because you are going to accept more things about them and you are going to uh, interact with them better. Yeah, I think and I'll accept his dreadlock better. face. <laughs> the past, the past is in the past. If he grows them back out, then, you know, demand that she get divorced. But this is not, the reality of that family is not any different because you don't accept it. You're just alienated from it. So I don't think you have to apologize and ask for forgiveness or anything, but just acknowledge, man, it was a rough thing. I don't even want to get into it because there was too much going on let's just leave it there but let's talk about moving forward i would like us to be one big family because then when you are no longer this outside force that hates everything that's important to her uh i got an extra week to come up to salt lake city you're her friend she's not going to fight you on every fucking thing because you're her friend and She doesn't, you don't know what the dynamic is right now. She might, if she compromises with you, might have to go back and argue with him who who doesn't want her to compromise with you because you've made yourself his enemy and nobody thinks you're cooperative about shit, so they shouldn't be cooperative. You didn't cooperate with a fucking text message. She was probably driving and he texted you because she was driving and you were completely uncooperative. So why should she cooperate with you? This is the dynamic you currently have. You can change that. Sure. I just want to say that, yes, yeah, I was a dick about that, but I had also asked for his phone number for months because he was 
take spending time with my son and I felt like I needed his phone number and they refused to give it to me. Yeah. They refused to give it to me. And then he's going to text me one day without an introduction saying, Hey, this is Todd. Nothing. It was just like, well, technically this is Todd as an introduction. No, no, no. He didn't say anything. Oh. He didn't. He just sent me a text saying, Hey man, are we still good for four o'clock? And it was an unknown number. And I was like, I don't know who this is. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't remember making plans with anyone uh, today. I'm getting my son back. And he was like, yeah, this is Todd talking about my son, uh, your son. And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's not necessary necessary to get into it, but I I felt like being defensive about it. You're both, one of you has to stop being like that though. And you're the one with something to lose. So how about it be you? How about it be him? Because he's a little bitch. Why what a ridiculous be... argument! What? What? The benefit he's, to you, you? You made so much effort because you were the step parent, and you were like, "I want this parent, this other parent to." F-. Even though we have history and all this stuff, I understand what's going. She's going through is is worse, you know. And I'm going to make all these efforts to make her feel involved in her son's life. Todd should do that for me. I, that wasn't Todd. because I'm the step parent. That's because I'm just a fucking Reed. Because you know what? I'm the parent now. And I continuously asked, uh, when are the girls going to meet your girlfriend? And when I came up to Portland, I was like, I think the girls should meet her. I don't know why I feel like I'm going to say her name without her consent. Uh, I think the girls should meet her. I have continuously been... Like, I friended her on Facebook. We know each other. We have history, too. But um, I have friended her on Facebook and made sure to tell him, hey, uh, let her know. I'm just not trying to intrude. But whenever she wants to connect, like, I'm, I'm down. And I was excited for the girls to meet her and uh, wanted to make sure that she knew that she had my full support of the girls meeting her and then I talk to the girls and help the girls process. They don't fully know what's happening. I don't even think they know we're separated. I think we decided not to make a big gigantic deal out of it because our whole life was in flux anyway. So they kind of don't really know what's up. We were already, I don't know. We haven't had any conversations about it yet, but they definitely, he was like, you know, we were played and you could tell the body language that Phoenix maybe felt. And so we're all working together on this, but once again, I'm leading the thing just because it's a priority to me because I know that it's in the best interest of my daughters that they never are. I don't want them to feel alienated at my house. I don't want them to feel alienated, and I want them to feel like all their birthdays are together as one big family. I don't want them to feel a loss, and... I have the ability to make that loss as small as possible for them. And that is by making it one big family. You just gained a bigger family. You didn't lose anything by forcing them to have these two separate worlds where they have to try to fit their identity. And they're, as, a, as a child of divorced parent, you've, you're, you're constantly trying to make the parent feel more comfortable that like you don't love. Uh, when he gets a little older, that's the position he'll be in if you guys haven't created this environment where everyone just loves everyone and you get to love everyone because they all love and care about each other and you probably feel like you're never going to feel that way about him. But if you make this effort, you have no idea. 
you can seek to find the things in him uh, that she loves when it stops feeling like a judgment, a character judgment on you. That's a part of. I think you should do the send off. I don't. Okay. I feel like, although I just want to argue everything that you say. Yeah. Everything that you say, I'm like, well, uh, I, I want to point out to all the listeners that I also uh, speak very kindly of Todd in front of Ethan. You know, because like he brings him up all the time, and I'm yeah. like, no way. Todd said that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you're better than 80s parents already because 80s parents were just ruthlessly talked about (laughs) their exes and shit. They were so terrible. (laughs) But I think, you know, I think Ethan's not, I think Ethan knows what things feel like. Yeah, I know. I think he's very tuned and sensitive child. And I just think it would be awkward at first, but I think in the long run, the, the best. And that I think that you are, pretty close to ready for this i'm pretty close to reality. ready so, this was an important uh, talk to have i'm not very like, good at send-offs no, it's it's i feel like i'm yeah i'm glad that we did this okay uh so i'm not very good at send-offs but this is more in the meth head saying accept your ex's new boyfriends see i told you i'm not very good at it if you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just so read our fence. Listen to them talking to Mike. <laughs>